0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to The Bear of Texas Podcast.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of The Bear of Texas Podcast. As usual, I am the host, The Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, what an eventful week 15. Quite frankly, what an eventful Sunday, because... Now that it's all said and done, after this Tampa Bay New Orleans game, the Dallas Cowboys are now apparently the number two seed in the NFC. With three games to go, ladies and gentlemen, I did not see this coming, because at the because at the beginning of the day this morning the Cowboys were number four. However, because the Arizona Cardinals shit the bed against the Detroit Lions, that put the Cowboys number three. And now because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers shit the bed against the New Orleans Saints, the Dallas Cowboys are now at number 2 right under Green Bay who is 11 and 3. Now as we know in order to have the, the first round bye in the playoffs, you need to be the number 1 seed because the first round play the first round bye in the playoff goes to the number 1 seed and the number 1 seed only. So at the moment, the Green Bay Packers have their first round bye. So for the Cowboys to have any chance of securing a chance to be number one seed is they have to win out the rest of their games, which means they have to beat the Washington football team the day after Christmas. They have to miraculously beat the Arizona Cardinals at home. And quite frankly, they probably have to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the final week. And uh, I'm not sure what the situation will be uh, by then. I mean, if, if somehow, someway the Cowboys do beat Washington and beat Arizona, and then Green Bay loses enough games for the number one seed to be out of their reach, and it goes to the Cowboys. And if the Cowboys can rest their starters in the final in the final week of the regular season and have the first round bye, well, ladies and gentlemen, that will be a goddamn miracle. And if that does happen, I will honestly be punched in the mouth. And I'm not going to deny it. I'm going to damn well deserve it because I did say after the Cowboys lost to the Raiders, I did say that there was no way the Cowboys would win the NFC East or go to the playoffs. So, so far, I'm definitely eating my words, but there's still there's still a lot of games left to play, three games, and so the Cowboys are going to have to do their best to win it out. And despite the fact that the offense is still inconsistent and there's still a lot of problems, the Cowboys actually had a very good day against the New York Giants. You know, what was interesting, uh, this game with the Giants, is that on Friday, I believe, the New York Giants signed Jalen Smith to their practice squad and actually managed to activate him. I believe it was probably yesterday. I mean, it was announced that he would as soon as he signed. It was actually announced almost immediately that he'd be more than likely to play against the Cowboys. And as we know, Jalen Smith, you know, our second round pick from twenty sixteen, you know, had that severe knee injury. His final college game at Notre Dame, which you know, also almost guaranteed he would never play again. You know, Jalen Smith came back from that, and twenty seventeen had a decent season. Twenty eighteen was his best year. And then the Cowboys made the mistake of dumping the money truck on him, and Jalen Smith has just has just failed to meet expectations since then. And as heartbreaking as it is, because it does break my heart to say, but to say that Jalen Smith has not met with has not exceeded expectations, well, that would be a major understatement. It's really sad because Jalen Smith. I have a lot of respect for the guy. I always have. I always will. His story is spectacular. He, you know blew out his knee, tore every single ligament. His knee was never going to be the same. He was told he would never play football again, but god damn it, he worked his ass off. He believed in himself. He came back from what was told he would never come back. He made the impossible happen. Therefore, Jalen Smith will forever have my respect. God bless you, Jalen. So, anyway. Well, this game against the New York Giants, I... Didn't expect the the final score to be that way. Although the Giants, you know, did not have Daniel Jones. Uh, Mike Glennon played, and as we know, Mike Glennon has not won a game since two thousand seventeen, when he started a game for the Chicago Bears. There was really no way the Cowboys could have should have lo- lost this game by any means necessary. I mean, anything could happen. It's an NFC East showdown, and when it when the Cowboys case, when it comes to them playing an NFC East game. If the Cowboys are all red hot and they're playing against a horrible team, anything can happen. So, but now the Cowboys are approximately about 3 games ahead. The Washington football team and Phil and Philadelphia are both tied at second because they're both at 6 and 7. The New York Giants are now at 4 and 10 so the Giants even though they still have not been mathematically eliminated, but let's it's pretty much safe to say they they are eliminated. You know what's really unfortunate was that is the fact that the Washington football team game versus Philadelphia had to be delayed until Tuesday because of uh, these freaking protocols. Because apparently there's been an, another outbreak of the uh, COVID nineteen. What's the the saddest part of out of everything was that you know with the Cowboys being the Giants, you know if the Eagles beat Washington, then the Cowboys would clinch the NFC So I guess the sad part is, is that. As I speak right now, the Cowboys could have been NFC East champions by now, but that's going to have to wait. That's going to have to wait till Tuesday. It's definitely going to be an interesting game. I'm definitely going to have to have my eyes glued and watch it. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to do a watch-along on my other show, Our Tribals, with my boys Darnell the Playmaker, Solins, and Ricky Litwinkovich, the president and CEO of Paint Drain Pipe Brum Productions, and we'll uh, basically stream our show, Our Tribals. Y'all should definitely tune in, but it's a shame, really. And from what I understand you know, if the if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had gotten the job done against the Saints, I think the Cowboys would officially clinch the playoff spot right now, but uh, God damn it, Tampa Bay, you had one job and you couldn't do it. Oh, damn it, man. Anyway. But the Cowboys have to focus on their own things. They can't just rely on another team to get their job done because the Cowboys have a very important <coughs> excuse me. I have a very important game coming up next week against, again, the day after Christmas. Well, they will be playing the Washington football team at 7.30 on NBC in Arlington, Texas. But now let's go ahead and recap this game against the New York Giants, shall we? Again, 21-6. to 6. The Cowboys often still sputtered for the most part, but I'm going to lay off, say right off the bat, Dak Prescott actually played decent. He still had some incompletions, but here's what what I got to stress. There was two huge throws thrown to CeeDee Lamb, and they were both dropped. Those were not on Dak Prescott. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Dak Prescott made a huge mistake at one point when he scrambled and then stopped and got hit from behind and fumbled the ball. That was definitely on him. Because, you know, he knew that there was somebody behind him, and he stopped, and he got hit from behind. You know, Dak Prescott, you know, under pressure, you know, the pocket collapsed, and he's running around, and he stops to attempt a huge a deep pass, and that didn't work. When if he had kept going, running forward ahead, he certainly would have gone probably close to a first down. He definitely would have gotten some positive yardage, but of course that would be a risk because, you know, there was two giant players ahead of him. But, you know, he could have ran forward and then, and then slide down, you know, and then to play it safe like that, but... Uh, but the bottom line is Dak Prescott made a very unnecessary risk and it was a huge mistake because he fumbled and then the Giants got it. Although the Giants were unable to do anything about it, the bottom line is Dak Prescott did what he has an unhealthy habit of doing and that is taking unnecessary risks. That's one of the things about Dak Prescott that I'm very, very critical about. His unhealthy habit of taking unnecessary risks. But but like I said, for the most part, Dak Prescott was pretty good. Looked pretty solid. Twenty eight for thirty seven, two hundred seventeen yards and one touchdown. Did not have any interceptions. Had that, but uh, but the offense overall is sputtered big time. You know, Tony Pollard actually came back, had twelve carries for seventy four yards, and Ezekiel Elliott had sixteen carries for fifty two yards and had one touchdown. But, but the offense still just completely sputtered because. Kellen Moore apparently is still not calling the plays correctly. I swear, about the last couple of weeks, you know, exa- you know, and, and more people on Twitter have been saying the same thing I said, that Kellen Moore is displaying the Jason Garrett mentality that's stuck in his head with the conservative play calling, calling screen plays where they obviously do not work, and apparently he just keeps doing it thinking that it's going to snap out of it, and then it's going to work all of a sudden. Kellen Moore is basically trying it and trying it and trying it, refusing to understand it does not work. It does not work. You abandon it. You go with something different, but he's not doing it. He is not doing it. Oh, my goodness. Now, for the most part, the Cowboys went 8 for 14 on third down, which is definitely decent. Dak Prescott was sacked three times. You know, But you no, know, for the offense, you know, I'll be honest. The only time when the Cowboys scored those touchdowns was because they had great field position after the Cowboys' defense forced a turnover. Believe me. And this is based on the results. If the Cowboys, when the if the, if the Cowboys' touchdowns, I swear, you know, look it up. They only came with when, when the Cowboys' defense forced an inter, forced a turnover, and the Cowboys had had good field position. Because after that, when the Cowboys had to drive down the field, they either had to punt or go or, or settle for three points. That is unacceptable. Like for exa- for example, you know, on the opening drive, the Cowboys seem to be doing pretty good, and then, then all of a sudden they sputter. They have to punt, and then the Giants, you know, start to s- seem to be driving a start a, a bit of a drive until Demarcus Lawrence hits in Dan- hits. Excuse me, Mike Glennon so hard the ball just goes up in the air, and Jordan Lewis is at the right place at the right time to intercept the pass and, and give the Cowboys good field position. And the Cowboys go on to score courtesy of Ezekiel Elliott. That's what I'm saying. You know, if it weren't for that, it it wouldn't have happened. So, you know, when the Dalton Schultz, you know, scored on, on, on that play, Dalton Schultz actually scored the, the second touchdown for the Cowboys. You know, I, I'm going to verify my verify everything as I look at uh, exactly how the play uh, went down. I'm actually going to pull it up right now. Go look at the play-by-play. I'm just telling you that this offense is just you know, this this offense just has to get this shit done. Actually, um, so when Dalton Schultz actually scored the, the second touchdown of the game, it was actually after the Cowboys forced a, a turnover on downs, and it was actually a such deep position. You know, the, the Cowboys got the ball back at the New York Giants' 29-yard line. So, so you see, just like the interception earlier, you know, the, the Cowboys would only score because they would start off with the ball in tremendous field position. Like I said, after the turnover on downs, is at the New York 29-yard line. And the interception, okay, and sticks. the Cowboys had the ball at the Giants 13-yard line. So there, there's the proof in the pudding right there. There's my evidence. The Cowboys scored the, t- the touchdowns. But the bottom line is they were only able to do it because they had tremendous field position. Because if it wasn't for those turnovers, the Cowboys probably would not have scored a touchdown. And I hate saying that, but that's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's why the Cowboys offense remains very inconsistent. And it is not making any positive explosive impact. The Cowboys offense is just, man... I'm telling you, this is not going to cut it in the playoffs. Okay, the Cowboys just have to get it together, especially on offense. But the the bottom line is now more than ever, I do not trust Kellen Moore. And let me just let me just say this right out of the blue because apparently Kellen Moore is linked with a head coaching opportunity. It's it's even been flirted with that if Jason Garrett somehow becomes the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars and then. And then Kellen Moore moves, to, goes, goes to the Jaguars to be the offensive coordinator. You know what? So be it. Okay, because like I said, I cannot trust Kellen Moore. Okay, he should he should never have been handed the play call of duties because he was handing them too early. You know, and I said this last year, and I still stick to it. After after how horrible last year was, he should have relinquished the play call duties so he can learn from Mike McCarthy. Therefore, I think Mike McCarthy should be calling the plays right now. Could be wrong. I mean, it doesn't? I could be wrong on whether it should be Mike McCarthy or not. But in my honest opinion, Kellen Moore should not be calling the plays because apparently he's not. He's refusing to stop this conservative, old school play calling because it doesn't work. And he doesn't seem to be getting that. Okay. He still has the Jason Garrett mentality left in his head, and that is a huge problem. So, I mean, I, like I said, I gave credit to Kellen Moore earlier in the season. But apparently, it just had to come to a halt because of all these, you know, the offensive line having to be shuffled, you know, everything just had to go bad. But that's no excuse. Kellen Morris has a loaded offense. Kellen Morris sh- should know better than to call these conservative play st- calls and then knowing that it doesn't work, he just keeps doing it. No. No, no, no. <sighs> anyway. You know, only 21-6... to 6. I guess it could have been worse, but you know, but the Cowboys' defense really just now, now did they put on a hell of a show? I mean, for the third week in a row, the Cowboys' defense carries the team. Yeah, that's right. They are carrying the team because, like I said, the only the Cowboys only scored those touchdowns when they had tremendous field position. The first—the first time, excuse me. Yeah, the first time was at the Giants' 13-yard line. I was reminder, This is the third time I'm saying it to make sure that everybody understands because so, the Cowboys got the ball at the 13-yard line and then scored, Ezekiel Elliott ran the ball in and scored. The second time it was on, a, on a, when the Cowboys, you know, stopped the Giants on a fourth down. Okay, and that was at the 29-yard line, tremendous field position, deep in Giants territory. Because if it wasn't for that, I guarantee you the Cowboys would not have found the end zone. They would have to settle for a field goal instead. And in the words of Wiley, aka the venomous stare, that would be disgraceful, repugnant. Despicable, I, I kind of forgot. Re- repulsive, disgraceful, and fraud. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a little brain fart. Yo, know, Wiley has been on the show lately, so his famous words have really uh, got out of the back of my head. Okay, now I got him. So the fact that if the Cowboys w- would not find the end zone, it would be repulsive, repugnant, disgraceful, and most of all, fraud, fraud, fraud. And that's only—that's also what Wiley would describe as Kellen Moore calling the place. <sighs> but you know, another sad part, honestly, about this game really is that Amari Cooper was a was a ghost in this game. It's unfortunate, but Amari Cooper was there. At least you know everything's fine with him. And you know, Dalton Schultz actually, believe it or not, you know, had the most catch in this game. Had eight catches for sixty-seven yards and had that great touchdown catch. C.D. Lamb had six catches for 50 yards, but he had two crucial drops, which I hate to say were on him. They were not on Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott made the pass, you know, through the pass well. You know, like I said, Dak Prescott played very good, and you know, the biggest, you know, the only mistake that I can remember off the top of my head is when he was hit from behind, was sacked and fumbled the ball, and the Giants recovered, but. Uh, but, but other than that, you know, Dak Prescott made that mistake. He's not perfect, but like I said, overall, Dak Prescott played respectively. Respect, uh, had a respectable performance. Excuse me, I just cannot talk today. So, and so Dak Prescott really better keep it up. I mean, he's going to have to keep it up because the next three games are extremely crucial. I mean, there's no, there's no more, there's no more room for fuck-ups now. Especially because if the playoffs are drawing near. Ladies and gentlemen. Please allow me to take a quick break. Please do not go anywhere. Cowboys Talk will be right back.
0: Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats hard shoes on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is back, and we are recapping the Cowboys' 21-6 win over the New York Giants. You know, now that we got the offense out of the way, you know, it's really time to talk about the defense, You know, I got to tell you, I said this before the break, how how the defense, for the third week in a row, plays such an amazing role in the Cowboys' win. I mean, I can't say they fully carry the the offense this time. I mean, for the most part, they did. But like I said, Dak Prescott actually played exceptionally better in this one. You know, like I said, but the defense, man. I don't don't even know where to start from this defense. I, I don't even know where to freaking start. I mean, four turnovers the Cowboys uh, defense forced. Four, four turnovers. And you know, you know, I, I'm just so dumbfounded. I, I, I need, mean, you know, I, I don't even know how to where to start. But I'll start with this. You know, as the Twitter page Dallas Cowboys Public Relations is so nice enough to provide with amazing facts from these games. Check this out. Dallas has recorded four takeaways in three straight games for the ninth time in team history. And this is the first time since nineteen ninety four that the Dallas Cowboys have four takeaways in three straight games. Wow. Oh boy. And as I should also mention, this season is the third time in history that Dallas has had three cornerbacks with three interceptions or more this season. The other times will be in nineteen eighty three and in nineteen sixty seven. You know, this comes you know to where Jordan Lewis, who intercepted his third pass this season which is a single season career high for him you know, Jordan Lewis along with Anthony Brown Trayvon Diggs, Diggs and Trayvon Diggs is actually one of the three cornerbacks with three interceptions or more as we know Trayvon Diggs now has ten of them this year he actually had one against New York Johnson I was going to get to that soon because there's a lot of things to talk about Trayvon Diggs but it's just unbelievable I mean three cornerbacks with three or more interceptions I mean Woo-wee! I mean, last time that happened was in 1983, and that's the third time in history. The other time was in 1983 and 1967. I mean, these facts, they matter, folks. These historical facts, they do matter big time. Check this out. The Dallas Cowboys have tallied multiple takeaways in 11 games this year. The last time the Cowboys forced multiple turnovers in 11 games was in 1999. You know, Demarcus Square. Uh, excuse me, Demarcus Lawrence. You know, also you know, ever since he came back, you know, he so far he's, he's been doing he's been doing good. You know, but um, the Cowboys only had one sack. Although I'm not sure exactly who had it. it, it, it actually, it, two guys had half of one. It was actually Neville Gallimore and Doran Sarmstrong who actually had the only sack of the game. They both uh, are going to share it, so both of them go, get half of it. But Demarcus Lawrence did have a special moment in this game. Because Demarcus Lawrence forced uh, forced uh, punched the ball out of Saquon Barkley's arms, and Demarcus Lawrence now has 16 career forced fumbles, which puts him third in in Cowboys history behind Greg Ellis and Demarcus Ware. Wow, it's completely unbelievable. I mean, incredible, I should say. And Malik Hooker, who actually had an interception in this game as well, he had, he had the third uh, turnover for the Cowboys defense. Uh, the Dallas basically have five games with three plus takeaways and which is tied with Buffalo New England and Arizona for the most in the NFL this year so I mean I'm telling you this Cowboys defense is really just doing absolutely fantastic I mean compared to what it was last year it's you know Dan Quinn is doing a, 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 a fantastic job and and the, the truth of the matter is a lot of people probably won't believe me but you, you could go back and listen to my episodes when he was hired that I believed in the guy and Despite everybody was not was not happy about it, I, I was actually I was really willing to give Dan Quinn a chance. And as of this game, Dallas is actually tied with Indianapolis for the for the league lead in takeaways with thirty one. The last time the Cowboys had thirty one takeaways through fourteen games, ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, was in nineteen eighty seven. You know, I'm am just so glad I'm spending all this time going through these going through these historical facts, and I just can't thank Dallas Cowboys public relations and. ESPN facts and everything else, you know, for providing these fantastic, these these fantastic notes right here. I mean, you know, as we get through this part, you know, Trayvon Diggs who intercepted his tenth pass of this year. You know, Trayvon Diggs ten interceptions this year. That is basically the same amount of the of the interceptions the Cowboys had last year in twenty twenty. And basically, let's say it like this: last year in twenty twenty, with the Cowboys' worst defense of all time. The Cowboys only intercepted ten passes, and now Trayvon Diggs has, has 10, pa- ten intercepted passes this year alone. And Trayvon Diggs, with his ten interceptions, that's tied for the most by any player in the since 1981. The last player who had uh, more interceptions than that was Everson Walls in 1981. He had 11. Okay, and that actually happens to be the Cowboys' season single-season record. Basically, Trayvon Diggs is two interceptions away. From breaking a 40-year-old record. If Trayvon Diggs intercepts two more passes, he will hold the the Cowboys single-season record for most interceptions in a season. In a season. Just unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. And last, I uh, want to check this out. Uh, This is according to NFL research. The Cowboys are the first team to have a player with 10-plus interceptions and a player with 10-plus sacks since the 2007 uh, Los Angeles Chargers. They were in San Diego at the time when Antonio Cromartie had 10 interceptions and Sean Merriman had 12.5 sacks. Trayvon Diggs has the 10 interceptions while Micah Parsons has the 10-plus sacks. Now, Micah Parsons was... Unfortunately, did not have a sack today, but there was a play where Micah Parsons went deep into the you know into the receiver. He played safety and then de- and then deflected and then made it force an incompletion. I mean, Micah Parsons is just playing absolutely incredible. Oh my goodness! You know, and check this out. I probably should have said this earlier when I was talking about Ceedee Lamb. You know, Ceedee Lamb exceeded two thousand. 2000- exceeded 2,000 career scrimmage yards and now he joins Bob Hayes as the only Cowboys wide receivers to hit 2,000, scre- 2,000 scrimmage yards within the first two seasons. Wow. Although Bob Hayes still holds the record at 2,226 scrimmage yards in the first two seasons, but CeeDee Lamb is right there with at, at 2,035. I mean, so, so CeeDee Lamb had a... To those two huge drops. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb did put his name in the history books. So, CeeDee Lamb still had a great time. So, anyway. You know, speaking of Trayvon Diggs, even Tra- Trayvon Diggs apparently is so confident that he-, he was able to say after the game, and I quote, we're the best defense, unquote. I mean, I don't know if Trayvon Diggs is being a little bit cocky or he's just confident, or, or probably both, but... You know, I should mention the interception he had. At first, it was ruled an incompletion, but then Mike McCarthy threw the challenge flag, and uh, based on review, because you know he did have it before, uh, because he hit the ground first and uh, had control before that, before the ball was 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 knocked out of his hand by the wide receiver. So he already so the play was basically already completed. He was already down by contact. So, but Trayvon Diggs, man, I don't know if he's being cocky or confident or both, but. uh, Trayvon Diggs is going to have to be prepared for the playoffs, and we're going to need him to do his best next week against the Washington football team, and against Arizona, and against Philadelphia if uh, if it gets to that situation, but but the Cowboys had a great game. A very good game indeed, and speaking of, I um, probably should have said this earlier as well, but Dak Prescott against the NFC East, you know, uh, check this out. 9-2 against the Giants. 8-1 against Washington. 6-3 against Philadelphia. Dak Prescott is 23-6 and six against the NFC East. Now, many will say, well, that's because the NFC East is, again, in the words of Wiley, a.k.a. the venomous dare, repulsive, repugnant, disgraceful, and most of all, fraud, fraud, fraud. That is true. I and mean, that's why we call it the NFC Lease, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we call it the NFC Lease for God's sake, but look, as much as I'm definitely a critic of Dak Prescott, I'm, I'm obviously a fan of him, but not the biggest fan. Let's not take that away, all right? Let's not be let's not be that hard because you know I did tweet earlier after Dak Prescott made you know had that it was sacked and fumbled. I did tweet out and I say and I said and I quote and they say that I'm too hard, on, that I'm too tough on Dak. Unquote. I mean, look, yeah, I'm pretty tough on him, but look, I get it. The NFC East is horrible, he, you know, in, but he, but his record 23 and six is is good because but. You know, so we got to give him that. Okay, I get it. The NFC East is horrible, but let's not take that away from Dak. Let's not that. I mean, he he doesn't deserve to be—he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve to be—to have that taken away. And more often than not, I mean, the NFC East games— I mean, as bad as the NFC East is, it's not like the NFC East games are easy games anyway. Because, come on, there's no such thing as an easy game, especially when it comes to the NFC East. Because like I've said earlier, the Cowboys could be a red-hot team taking on a horrible NFC East opponent— But the game is not going to go down smoothly. I mean, Lord knows how many times we've seen it. So, anyway. So, moving forward, I mean, now that the Cowboys are good 3-0 in in December with three games left, uh, I I tell you, the next game against the Washington football team is going to be brutal because the Washington football team will have several players coming back, especially on that very loaded defense, especially on the defensive line. Montez Sweat will be back. Jonathan Allen. Oh boy. And you know, in in our case the Cowboys uh, we better hope that we have Osa Odigazua back and Tristan Hill because they were they both missed the games against the Giants because they were on the COVID-19 uh, COVID-19 list. So uh Cowboys can't afford to, to lose anybody this coming week. I mean the Cowboys are going to need everybody for the, for the rest of the season. So I mean the season's tougher than ever. The Cowboys are going to have to miraculously find a way to beat Washington and beat Arizona. So you know, things can't be more complicated now than before. So, Cowboys still have a chance to somehow get the number one seed. I mean, they'll have to lead Green Bay to at least come up, At least Green Bay to win to lose once or twice. and the Cowboys will have to win out their season. But, but like I said earlier, the Cowboys are now the number two seed in the NFC because uh, the Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions beat the uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals. But with Green Bay beating Bal- Green Bay beating Baltimore. Green Bay, you know, is still still the top seed. So, yeah. Baltimore, you had one job. Hmm. So, anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time.